Go Mighty One, our sacrifice begins. We commence. Spellberg, a podcast about the Dungeon Crawl Classics role-playing game. It's time to party like it's 1974. One of the first things people notice about Dungeon Crawl Classics is the amazing art inside and out. In this episode, we'll get to know one of the minds behind those evocative illustrations, and we'll find out where else we can find his art, including pieces for RPGs in various languages, entire graphic novels of Lovecraftian influence, and even some breathtaking mosaic tile work. And we are thrilled to introduce our guest, the illustrious Stefan Pogue. Hi, thank you. Yay! So I understand it's been a busy couple of weeks, so let's uh, move on into Tavern Talk. Welcome, friends. Good to see you. I only had one drink to calm my nerves. And give her a drink of your most expensive. Tavern Talk. So, here in Tavern Talk, we're going to talk about what we've done in gaming in the past week or two, what we might have on the uh, front burner coming up. Um, Stefan, as our guest, would you like to take the round first? Yes. What have I done in gaming in the past week? Uh, the only thing that I've done is I am on a, uh, a G-plus game that is uh, Jason Schultes is running his Operation Unfathomable Oh, nice. Uh, campaign, and I am Jethro, the man who knows no fear. Nice. <laughs> so that, that's what I've been doing. Well, that um, sounds fun. Sounds fun. Uh, let's see, just going backwards in order there. How about you, Jeff? All right. So I was just down in sunny Florida at a wonderful event called Brinkmanomicon, uh, hosted by the uh, wonderful uh, Jen and Bob Brinkman. <laughs> and uh <laughs> yeah we're dorks it was, <laughs> and it was super fun i got to play in some games i had never played in before um i had never played chill and i got to experience that i had actually never played metamorphosis alpha and i got to do that one as well um i think the highlight of the weekend was getting to for the first time play in a game that was judged by judge jen and it was a playtest for an adventure she's written for Lankmar, and uh, that was really exciting. So thank you so much for uh, running that for us. Written is a really strong word, but uh, you're, 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 you're welcome. Really? That was your highlight? It absolutely was. Absolutely. That was my highlight. And I got to run Teagle Manor for Dungeon Crawl Classics there, and uh, definitely in a different style than perhaps uh, Judge Julian would run it. Uh, but hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I think what he means to say is that there wasn't a whole lot of crying and tears at the table. Uh, <laughs> I mean, death, death. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, there, there is a chance that I was perhaps a little overly generous with my on-the-fly stats for the monsters. Uh, perhaps I should have made them a little deadlier because everybody did survive. And kind of the way I the way I, I tackled Teagle Manor this time, uh, since, since it's such a massive dungeon, I wanted people to be able to go in do a few things and get out of there and feel like they've been in a complete story. So the way I framed it was, um, and I think I may have gotten this idea from Fate's Fell Hand, or maybe, I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not totally sure. But basically the way I framed it was, you know, all of the, the, the characters had been in this like epic battle with this grand wizard that they'd been like working for for a long time. And in their big spell duel, there was a phlogiston disturbance which created this pocket pocket dimension that was kind of created by and fueled by their spell duel with this great wizard. And that was Teagle Manor, which is this kind of pocket dimension, crazy funhouse dungeon. And once they got into it, they needed to find the, these three pieces of this, of this great wizard sundered rod that are hidden in various parts of the manor. And then once they were recombined, they would go back to continue their great spell duel and stool, their great spell duel and battle with this great wizard. Uh, and it was, it was a ton of fun. Jen was signed up to play, but ended up being pulled into a Call of Cthulhu game. But I had uh, Terry Olson there and David Beatty and, uh, and, and a bunch of other really fun people. So, yeah, that was really cool. <laughs> and last night I got to play in my uh, BX game that being run by Mr. Andy Action. 
And we just started Broodmother Sky Fortress. Very wow. Cool. All right, Julian. Who? Wait. Who would pass up the chance to kill David Beatty and Terry Olson? <laughs> I mean, come on. Uh, it's, you know, didn't didn't I, come on? Didn't ju- <laughs> who's filling Judge Job's shoes of making the little kids cry? That's all I can you. say. Yep, you. that's your role. It's it's. it's, it's it's not me, because when I kill the little kids' characters, they just laugh. I mean, I don't know. I, hmm. I'm not sure it's I, maybe me. Maybe I have a goal to aspire to, then. I, um, I don't know. I don't know. Well. Okay, so what did you do? What did you do in gaming, Julian? It's actually been a pretty quiet uh, week or two. Um, I ran my little Ravenloft uh, session. We had a, a fun time. I think the only... Well, it was a good. It was a good session, and the Mordenshire Arsonists Association, as I call this group of players, um, somehow didn't actually burn down the house that they went into. But um, I, <laughs> I did, I did appreciate John Hook's playtest of um, the new Halloween adventure enough that I named the terrible uh, setting for this adventure after him. I called it Hook House, which has a nice ring to it. So, thank you, nice. John Hook. Um, you will be. Not exactly immortalized, but, uh, you know, anyway, you have a little tiny place in a made-up Ravenloft uh, <laughs> session. So, um, uh, and that's pretty much it. And I'm, I was also really excited. We got some cool uh, stuff going on with this Angels, Demons, and Beings Between uh, Kickstarter Volume 2 Elfland Edition that our pals David Fisher and Paul Wolf and those guys are involved in, I believe. So that's uh, that's pretty neat. And then I know the uh, the dark one was talking about that uh, magician's skull uh, fiction project that's out there in Kickstarter land, uh, and which has also been launched. So I've been uh, I backed that and jumped in and felt like I had done some gaming stuff, even though I guess I just clicked some buttons. <laughs> but you know. <laughs> Um, sometimes you, I'm sure everybody listening knows what I mean. When you buy RPG products, you feel as if you've done a gaming thing, which may or may not be true, depending on your mileage and your tolerance for consumerist brainwashing. So that's up to you. That's nice nod to judge Jarrett right there. Yes. (laughs) Yes. Thank you. Judge Jarrett, you're fondly, we are with you. We remember you. Well, let's see. Uh, besides the obvious, um, you know, editing for Grimtooth, actually uh, getting the Dark Master interested in the Swordfish Islands project, that, that was a fun episode, uh, episode of emails back and forth. Um, I was hosting this mini game convention, and I say mini, it really lasted for about five days with everybody who came in, into town, and we had... Not counting us, there were 12 people who showed up throughout the three days of gaming that were from Southwest Florida, you know, locals to us, or at least very close. There were 10 others who came from either further within the state or from out of state. Uh, We actually had representatives from five different states coming over here. Yeah, we had, I think Jeff pretty much... Nailed all of it. Call of Cthulhu, Chill, Metamorphosis Alpha, DCC, Lankmar. Terry ran uh, one of his DCC projects that is being published very, very soon. And, and it was so fun. It, it was. And then I think my only regret was, <clears throat> excuse me, finding my limit toward the end. Like, yeah, board games it is. <laughs> Yeah, that was really great because uh, on the very last night we were all together, we had been planning to play a few more, a f- another role-playing game. But th- there was a moment where we're all just like, eh, let's just play a board game. So we ended up playing three sessions of Mysterium, and that was a blast. It, it really was. It was uh, the perfect so much way to so, end it. And we'll be taking that game with us to uh, our friend's uh, game night next week as well. Cool. Uh, also working on... Uh, a Halloween game day for the friendly local gaming store. So we've once again have been asked to coordinate all of that good stuff. Uh, so besides getting back into the first ed game last night, I'm not sure that there will be a whole lot more besides Wednesday and Friday nights, you know, until that big Halloween game day. 
And for that, we have things planned like uh, John Hook's New Adventure and the Halloween modules from prior years. So I, I can't wait to run me some uh, sinister sempstress over there and mm. fully <laughs> creep some people out. Um, I th- Yeah, that's pretty much it for, for gaming for us. So, yeah, let's say we summon some emails. I call upon the flame to summon you. Who will deliver the message for me? I came here to give you these facts. Summon email. Okay, since we've got a special guest with us, uh, Stefan, of course, feel free to chime in. And uh, we're just going to pull a couple tonight, I think. Okay. Uh, Julian, why don't you start us off? And this one's from uh, Stephen Mersch. Hey, going through episodes of Spellburn and noticed my site was mentioned in episode 48. Though I stopped updating it, the site isn't just reformatted information found in the Google DCC resource doc. Uh, I use that as a starting point, but there is some different stuff on my site. It will be up indefinitely, and I might go back to updating it in the future. Time will tell. Just wanted to let you know, because I felt a pang of hurt in my soul when I heard the words just reformatted on the podcast. It's more and less than that. I'm sure there's information in the reference doc that isn't on my site, and also the other way around. Uh, Good. Oh. Yes. Well, uh, well, I feel bad. <laughs> um, um, I, bl- I blame Judge Jen. The, the pang of hurt in your soul was not intended, sir. Uh, but that said, I would then issue a challenge to somebody to do a little research going back and forth and make sure all the information from both sites is in one place. Oh, Because yes. that would benefit all of us, really. That's why we need a Spellburn intern. <laughs> You guys don't realize how hard that is to get for you know a, a real job. All right? <laughs> do do they get class credit for? Uh... I, absolutely. Yeah, they're just auditing the class, really. Absolutely. Uh, sheesh. Okay, yeah, that one is totally on me. I will own it, um, Mr. Murish. I I apologize for any slight intended or I mean observed. But uh, nothing was intended. Certainly not. And Stephen's site is great. Yes. And, um, yeah, that... Okay, that's awkward. Uh, Next! (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, digging into the mailbag, I see another one in here. Oh, and the handwriting looks really Mm. familiar. Uh, This one is from DM Kojo. Hey! And it says, uh, Hi, Burners. Spellburn has had some amazing guests over the years, but I had some requests for future interviews that I would love to hear you invoke. John Hook, David Beatty, Tim Callahan, Stephen Bean, Stefan Pogue, Peter Mullen, Mark Bruner. Also, I would love to hear new interviews with past guests, such as Doug Kovacs, Harley Stroh, Daniel J. Bishop, John Marr. Maybe an interview show with multiple artists to talk about the artistic style of DCC RPG. Keep burning, Kojo. Well, Kojo, happy birthday. Uh, we've got Stefan Pogue on the show today. Um, I don't actually know if it's your birthday, but I'm going to pretend that it is. And I'm also um, happy to tell you that David Beatty has been on the show before. He was uh, a guest on, I believe, episode 35. Is that right? Yeah, episode 35, How to Run a DCC RPG Tournament. So David has been on, but I agree that this is a fantastic list of future guests, and we should have every single one of them on. And if uh, if enough people write in to support it, I will imitate David Beatty on a future episode. (laughs) So, um, and we could have David back too. That would be fun as well. There is at least one, there is at least one person, not counting Stefan, on that list that is in my immediate um, plans for the next episode that I am producing. So, there is that. Fascinating. Very cool. The mystery uh, is almost unbearable. <laughs> now, the I will say, Kojo, the idea of having an interview show with multiple artists. Do you not understand how chaotic it is just with Doug? <laughs> <laughs> well, come on now. Um, I, I I think at that point we should just give all five of them mics and, you know, we can step back and just let them run the show for an episode. 
But I don't know. I, I feel like we would be the peanut gallery at that point. Uh, okay, it's not, it's not a sound <laughs> idea, but, you know. Yeah. It's an opinion piece. <laughs> well, um, D- Doug and I, uh, uh, this is this is still vague. It's not concrete yet. But we're going to have some sort of artist talk at UConn this year. Ooh. Um, so I don't know if if that works, if it will, you know, spur some Spellburn episodes or yeah, not. Okay. I mean, maybe, okay. maybe it'll just be a complete disaster and, you know, Doug and I will end up you know, throwing coffee in each other's face or something. I don't know. Um, but hopefully that won't happen and uh, and people will get well, something hope- out of it. And, and hopefully someone will record it. I, I would love to see how that translates. Oh, my God. I don't know. <laughs> oh, yes. Oh, yes. <laughs> okay, at least the audio. How's that? <laughs> yes, at least the audio. Awesome. And when is Con on the Cob? I uh, know this is Yukon, which Yukon, is November. Yeah, and, and uh, is it uh, November? Um, like the first weekend or uh, it around is the, the fourth, uh, maybe? It's around the 16th through 18th. Oh, okay. So that's coming up. Yeah. And that's uh, in you know, beautiful uh, Ypsilanti. Yeah. Ah, you know, I I knew it was in the north, and for some reason I was picturing the bookmark that Doug had done for Con on the Cob, and that's why my brain went there. Yeah. Uh, still next month or something. They're all clustered together up there. Yeah. Well, there's, no love there's, down there's here. time to plan. <laughs> um, I also need to give a special shout out to some folks running DCC during Extra Life, which is a 24-hour gaming marathon, which supports Children's Miracle Network Hospitals. Uh, And that's extra-life.org. And if you're interested in taking part, you could go to CarnageCon in Killington, Vermont. Great name for a place like this. And uh, David Clarkson and Sean Murphy are going to be running Prince Charming Reanimator as part of this 24-hour special. Uh, Do that or go put something together in your own neck of the woods because really what's not to love about a full continuous day of gaming? That's very cool. Uh, I would also like to add that if anybody is looking for other opportunities to uh, game for charity, uh, our buddy over at Glowburn, James August Walls, has a fantastic group called Lawful Good Gaming, and they're regularly running online games for charity. Yeah, um, they haven't been advertising as much within the community lately because it hasn't been DCC related, Mm. but still a good chance to try other game systems too. Yeah, totally. So let us know how it goes. Let us know if you guys put something together for it. And as always, feel free to add to our mailbag. Contact us at theband at spellburn.com. And uh, it doesn't have to just be charity. You could also actually try to put it together as a benefit to actually change the world in a different kind of better way by tearing down the current um well anyway but um you could actually <laughs> resist or where are you going with I'm this taking a knee, damn it i'm taking a knee uh, nice um, okay anyway i'm just saying you can also try to advance a cause as well as uh do something charitable um just throwing that out there i like it gaming can be you can use fiction to actually try to uh, you can use a shared fiction to try to influence the world in a uh positive way Yes, use fiction to change reality. Yes. Yes. I like I'm it. I'm a fan. No more Teagle Manor for you. <laughs> <laughs> hey, people die in my games. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> That's how Julian lifts us all up, by slaughtering us all in Teagle Manor. Radamanthus Rump, the Lich, will show up. <laughs> I really need to sign up for better team building exercises. <laughs> uh, okay, so we have this really great guest with us. What say we hop into Mighty Deeds finally? Let the combat begin! To the death! Why behold our hero? Huh, so you want to play rough, eh? Well, take this! Mighty Deeds. So, Stefan Pogue. Hello. I- 
you know, first question. Okay. How did you get into gaming? Uh, I, I guess I was in uh, junior high and, and some uh, friend of mine, Bob, uh, I, I I hope you're listening, Bob. Um, he he said I got this new game and 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 you got to try it. it. And I kept asking him, well, you know, what does the board look like? Because he always he was one of these board game guys, <laughs> and and I couldn't understand it. He kept saying, well, you play it on graph paper, and I was just like, well, that doesn't make any sense. How does this work? And and uh, he kept telling me about it. And then I tried it. Uh, it was, of course, the uh, uh, Dungeons and Dragons. I think it was the Holmes set, you know, with the with the, the blue. Yeah, with the Sutherland cover. Um, nice. And uh, yeah, uh, you know, I've been corrupted ever since. <laughs> <laughs> okay, bonus points. Um, uh, so tell us some about. Something about yourself, you know, your history as an artist. Uh, how did the gaming and the art merge? Um, well, I think it was I, I. I didn't do any professional gaming art until I think two thousand. Um, I had been involved in art, and I had always, you know, just drawn things that uh, that I liked. Uh, but I didn't really have uh, any published credits um until around 2000 when i started i think i submitted some uh uh drawings for a game being published by uh, green ronin called spaceship zero by torin uh atkinson and uh mm. it was a sci-fi game um and those were my first rpg credits I think that was in 2000. Uh, but uh, then shortly after that, I, I uh, hooked up with uh, uh, Joe Goodman because uh, I saw what he was publishing online and I was really excited about it and sent him uh, a link to my portfolio. And since then, I've been doing work for uh, Goodman through the D20 era and into DCC. So... Oh, so, wow. uh, Stefan, how did you, like, did the D&D art uh, inspire you as a kid? I mean, how did you, or not, or how, did, or, and who do you find no, no, influential it, in that group? It it really, I think my, you know, if I had, uh, if I had to say one book that inspired me to want to draw, it would have been the Monster Manual, the original AD&D Monster Manual mm. with uh, illustrations in it by uh, Trampier and uh, Sutherland and uh, then, of course, Fiend Folio with Russ Nicholson. You know, th those were the books that I, I just couldn't put them down. You know, I just kept coming back to them and looking at the drawings. I also grew up, my uh, father was a university professor. He's retired now, but he had all these books of medieval art, you know, so between the sort of the pulp uh, stuff that was in the D&D magazines and in the comic books and then in the uh, European art from the uh, 12th century on, I guess, you know, the two of them sort of informed my interests or made me want to draw things like that. You know, the, uh, the, Medieval monsters, I, I loved them because they would just like take, you know, part of one animal and cram it onto the back end of another animal. And, <laughs> and uh, scientific. Yeah, yeah, you know, it, it, and uh, stick uh, feathers or wings on it. And uh, there, you, there you have yet a third cr creature, you know, so it was uh, uh, something, I don't know, there was just sort of a soup of all that stuff. Mm. So do you remember what your first piece was for Goodman Games? Uh, do I remember what? No. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it, it would have been something for D20. Um, okay. But I don't remember what it was. 
Um, now, Stefan, I, I, I have to admit, know. I'm not really familiar with your work prior to Dungeon Crawl Classics role-playing game. Has you, do you feel like your work has changed much over the years? Or I'm, I'm very familiar with your work with, with, with the DCC RPG system, and I'm, I'm a huge fan. Uh, but uh, is the style different now than it used to be? I don't think it's really that different. I, 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 I guess I'm, I'm hoping I'm, I, that I can try to improve. And one of the big changes is that I'm really trying to spend more time on each individual drawing. I think I used to be a little too uh, worried about deadlines to the detriment of quality. So I'm trying to spend more time on every piece that I do. So if there's any changes, it would be um, one of the things I used to do was I used to like record, okay, I spent, you know, two hours on this and one hour on this and half an hour on that. And, and I don't do that anymore because it would just make me kind of mental. You know, I would just think, <laughs> oh my God, I'm, you know, I'm making less than I would if I were working at McDonald's. Uh, you know. Yeah, no, you can't track your time on this stuff. No, no. <laughs> no, so, no, no, no. <laughs> So I I just I just uh, gave up on that and uh, you know just said it takes as long as it takes and uh, uh, that so far that's actually going well that's something I started this year very cool so I I have to ask like you've got a, a lot of kind of smaller pieces or quarter type you know quarter page things like in the rule book. And I and I'm very conscious of this because I swipe your stuff for the banners that we do for the site, um, very you know quite a lot, uh, which I enjoy. No, no, we, no, borrow. No, we borrow. No, we have permission. Wait, we have. <laughs> no, you, you paid for it. You're not swiping. You paid for. Well, it. Well, yeah, that's true because I I did pay for the PDF. So um so, but like, how does like do they actually? I was very curious just in a you know, kind of uh, workmanish kind of way about it. Like, do they say, Stefan, we want like um, 20 quarter page drawings of, you know, any type of, you know, DCC-ish type, you know, scene or whatever? Or do they go, Stefan, we want something for the cleric. We need a quarter page for the cleric chapter and we need a half page for the warrior chapter and then we need a quarter page for the spells chapter, you know, like how much direction do they give you and how much leeway do you have and how do you try to, you know, that kind of thing. Early on in working with the, uh, with the DCC stuff, the direction was very, very specific, uh, at least for me. I can't, I can't, we do all this over email, so I can't, I don't know what other, other artists get, but they would say, you know, they would have exactly the page and the size and and sort of a general idea of what was wanted, uh, you know. And then I would send a sketch in and and uh, Joe would review it and uh, maybe somebody else would review it and they'd, they'd send it back and say, uh, can you change this or can you make this different <laughs> or, or, or not? Usually uh, Goodman is pretty hands off in those regards. But um, then when we did the fourth printing, at one point, Joe just said, you know, go through the book. And if you find white space, then draw something to fit in it. Uh, and, oh, wow. And I think he did that with, uh, I know he did that with Doug. I think he did that with a couple other artists. So, you know, we got, that was actually a lot of fun, you know, because you sort of looked at the page and what was on it and, and you know, tried to come up with something to fit this, you know, weird little space that might be somewhere on the page. And then you had to send it back to Joe and say, well, this goes in the upper right hand corner <laughs> next to the word, you know, Sasquatch or whatever <laughs> is there. And, um, uh, you yeah, know, so I, I guess it's, uh, to, I don't know if I'm answering your question, but it depends. So I've got another question for you. Now, for those of us who are big fans of your work and who are big friends of Dungeon Crawl Classics, we've seen a lot of your work in the DCC RPG line. Is there a particular piece that you're 
that you're particularly proud of that is featured in a non-Goodman Games, non-Dungeon Crawl Classics product that you would like to have people check out because you think it's like an especially uh, exciting Stefan Pogue piece? Good question. Yeah. Uh, I, I Let's see. I think a while ago, uh, Greg Gillespie published Barrow Maze, which mm. is like a uh, old school mega dungeon. And then he published Barrow Maze 2. And I did a, um, a uh, judges screen for him. And I think this is actually something where you buy one of the vinyl screens with pockets on the front that you can put pictures in uh, to frighten your players. Or something. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I did sort of a, it's kind of a, like a cartoon cutaway. I love cutaways of, uh, castles or dungeons or caves or whatever, but I did this sort of cutaway of all these different passages with different creatures in them, you know, waiting for the players to pounce on them and traps and all that good stuff. So that's like a four-page panorama thing. Um, and how you get it, I don't, you know, I'm not clear. I think it's something that, it might have been like a Kickstarter bonus reward or something. So, yeah. Scavenger I don't hunt. know. I don't know how people get to see it. Probably, some, maybe somebody will write in and tell you this. <laughs> Because I don't know. Um, I should know. I should. I should. Uh, I should get in touch with Greg and ask him how you can get that. Maybe I'll write it. <laughs> and you did a, a character sheet for Labyrinth Lord as well, didn't you? I did. Like the banner around yeah, it. Yeah, I did a, a a character sheet for or the yeah, border for Greg. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I did that. That was good. Um, I have to admit that I, I did my homework in going through and, uh, quite frankly, Googling the ever-loving crap out of you. Oh, no. And, uh, <laughs> there, there are some definitely interesting things in your uh, resume, shall we say. Uh, you know, Spaceship Zero was definitely in there. Um, I think the most interesting thing that I came across was uh, from Dungeoneer Games, where they're doing Italian translations of Labyrinth Lord, and they actually got new pieces from you to put in there. Yeah, that that actually, I think I finished those uh, this month. Wow. Yeah, so that okay. that is very new. Um, All right. And I I uh, I don't speak Italian, but uh, they speak English very well, and. Uh, and uh, we we put that together. That was a lot of fun. And I love that you were involved in the origin of the Hollow Ones for one of the old DCCs, uh, number 23, the Sunken Ziggurat. Right. I don't know if that was your first or not, but I love that you were part of that creation of the visual and seeing what it started out as compared to... Uh, what it looks like and how it's described in the DCC RPG book now. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because they're one of the monsters in the bestiary there. Um, yeah. That's one of my favorite villains, right. to be honest. Right. Well, they, so they, I, I'm extra excited that you're involved. Yeah. With it. That, you know, that, um, that always makes me think of uh, John Carpenter's the thing, you know, where people explode and tentacles come out of them. <laughs> just, I don't know. What do they call that? It, Body it, horror? Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's a bummer of a birthmark. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> I gotta ask then, um, throwing out a blatant plug that you have two of the variant covers for the Sailors on the Starless Sea mm -hmm. line there. Uh, what's, the f what's your favorite piece that you've done for Goodman? Whether DCC or one of the system neutral products or metamorphosis alpha or whatnot. Um, you know, there's been a lot of work for, uh, DCC and it's really been developing. There's a lot of stuff I'm, I'm pretty proud of, uh, off the top of my head. 
One of my favorite things is I did um, sort of the credit title page for Mutant Crawl Classics. Uh, oh, yeah. Which is, uh, I think people have one PDF, maybe there, there are revisions for, for some typos or something in the works, but they will have seen that, you know, it's sort of the credits page. It's sort of a two-page spread with, uh, different uh, creatures and situations all kind of mashed together. I think recently that would be my favorite favorite work. I hope to say you know my favorite work is ahead, you know, because I'm 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 trying to improve things. Honestly, just going through the blog, which stands to note is well written, coming from a not author. <laughs> um, <laughs> Thank you. Uh, but, just the variety in there is uh, astounding. I mean, People of the Pit, I believe that's the one you're in the, the midst of? Yes, that, that um, um, branching out into comic books, I guess. Uh, or should I say graphic novels? Uh, because then I can charge more for them. <laughs> nice. Um, and respectable. Respectable. You can, exactly. You yes. can be in the New York Times book review, my friend. <laughs> <laughs> um yeah and i have the i had the dagon graphic novel and that's fantastic thank you we, uh, dagon was something i did in 2016 and um it, it's uh the hp lovecraft short story um and that was uh something i was uh giving away or selling at uh, gen con and um I really had a lot of fun with it and uh, people seem to like it. And so now I'm working on uh, sort of, I guess, my second attempt at a, at a graphic novel. And uh, this one would be uh, Abraham Merritt's People of the Pit, which is from 1918. Uh, it was originally published and uh, it's uh, in Appendix N. If you haven't read it, you should. Hmm. And Absolutely. if you don't want to read so much, you can wait for my comic book. But, uh, <laughs> the abridged version. Is it so? Yeah, but is but, it how how closely tied is that to the adventure? Because of course that's a an early funnel or first level adventure from DCC, right? Yeah, it's a first level adventure. The uh, the Goodman ad- adventure people of the pit. Uh, they are actually people. Mm. Uh, on the outside, anyway, no spoilers. But uh, <laughs> um, and uh, the ori- the original story, they're less, you know, the, we'll just say the author uses the word "people" very loosely. Yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, if you if you if you want to Google image image search "people of the pit," you'll find some Virgil. Finlay illustrations from the original Merit story that was uh, published, I think, back in the 20s. Cool. And they are absolutely gorgeous. Mm. They're one of my favorite things. So, you know, if you need... Is that what you're taking the inspiration from? Uh, I, I, I have one page that uh, is kind of a, I guess, a homage to or something. But, you know... I mean, uh, Finlay for me is one of those illustrators that I, I don't think anyone can touch him. You know, he's he's really in a class by himself. He's very unique in the way he works. And um, I'd be honored if uh, somebody sort of recognized something of him in in what I did, but I, I wouldn't hope to equal him. Well, I also I would I would say that your work is also very um, what's what I'm looking for. Um, identifiable and unique. You know, I feel like that's one of the great things about the DCC RPG artists is you, Doug Kovacs and Peter Mullen all have a very specific style unto your own. And it's very like, you can very quickly tell like, Oh, right there, that's a Stefan Pogue piece. And uh, I think that's really cool. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I think one of the, uh, one of the things I like about working for Goodman is that he gives, uh, or they give mm-hmm. a lot more freedom than some other, some other publishing companies and I'm not saying that to slight anyone, but you know, I think it's, that's part of what you're seeing there when you say that, you know, you can kind of identify 
artist's uh, uh, work when you see it. So I have a question for you that's kind of the opposite of an earlier question, and maybe it's an awkward one to ask or have answered. But, you know, we asked uh, we asked you what your favorite piece was that you did for DCC RPG. I'm curious, is there a piece that if you could go back and redo, you would redo? Is there one that you just look at and you're just like, oh, man, that's, uh, that's it didn't turn out the way I wanted it to? Uh, yes, actually, there is. Wow, that was emphatic. Yeah. <laughs> no, uh, uh, there... Um, in the uh, DCC book, there's the uh, it's like a two page spread of the nightly orders. Oh yeah, of course. Of, you yes. know the the different the, the banner, and, See all the big banners, all the banners and everything like that. And there's like I, I don't remember off the top of my head which banner it is, but one of them like my Photoshop messed up, and or my Photoshop skills messed up. And so there's like this bad join in there because I had a tiny scanner and this, you know, 16 by 20 drawing and I was scanning it in pieces and trying to piece it together. And I, I, you know, I just messed up and I didn't notice. And then when the book came out, I, I, that's the first thing I saw. So if I could do anything over again, if I could do anything over again, I would, I would go back and correct everybody's copy. (laughs) Now everybody's going to, going to turn to that page and look and, and they'll, they'll find it. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, absolutely. It's the kind of thing where if, uh, now that you've mentioned it, we're all going to go and look at it and be like, Oh, now I see what he's talking about. And I had never noticed that before. (laughs) But to be perfectly fair, that's that's not like an illustration snafu. That's a, a stitching issue. Right, right, right. So I, I wouldn't call that part of the uh, artistic. Know, part, but Jen, part, part of my job is to look at it before I send it on. And uh, okay, that, that's on that, fair. I, 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 I didn't do it. But the, the other thing is, is that I think I would go back and I would, I would spend a little more time on some of those drawings. So, Stefan, I have a question for you that actually isn't in our show notes, but it came up during a conversation between uh, Julian and Jeff and I earlier today. How easy is it to explain to your family what you do, and uh, <laughs> are, are they cool with it? Um, they've had a long time to get used to this. And uh, so, uh, you know, I guess I guess the fact that uh, I... I um, I, I actually managed to pay some bills with it has, 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 has lent me a little respectability, maybe. Um, that helps. All right. Uh, yeah. Uh, no, they're good with it. Um, I, I, like, I've been interested in the same things, I think, since I was about 10, you know, and, and if you, if you want to know, my, my father has no one to blame but himself. You know, because he had all those books in the house and I was looking at them and, you know, so maybe it's his fault. I learned this from watching you. (laughs) (laughs) I would, uh, you know, you mentioned your warrior spread, but I love the thief spread in the uh, core book. The uh, Oh, thank you. Thank you. Yeah, I like that one. That just kind of, you know, whenever I I look in the... um, any of these later editions of the of the D and D game or or similar other books, and I see all this shining, you know, hair blowing Fabio warriors and you know all that stuff. I think I want I just want a game that looks like how I actually imagine it, and that especially the half of it with the the crows eating the guy who's hanging from the tower, the guy, you know, that, I mean, that's, <laughs> you know, it, it's a freaking medieval city. It's dirty. It has a sewer. It has a little dog watching the guy pickle. It's just, there's a, there's, <laughs> there's 10 stories all intersecting yeah. in that, in that page. I just think that's, um that's a remarkable piece. I, I really appreciate it. So I have two important questions for you. Um, number okay. one, if you were to draw a cover of Teagle Manor, how many people would die <laughs> horrendously on the... Wait, wait, wait. It, in the illustration or in the process of... In the illustration, how many people would it be appropriate to depict a dying? Okay, well, you, you see where I'm going with this. You yeah. 
Well, I'd like, I'd, I'd like, Julian, I'd like the cover to sort of like go around to the back, mm. you know, so you can open it up and, um, you know, sort of get a panorama. Oh, yeah. Mm, yeah. Get more dead yeah. bodies. Well, or just, okay. I, I actually, one of the things I like is the moment before it happens, you know, mm-hmm. sort of like those um illustrations of the pit and the pendulum you know where the guy is like lying on the table and the pendulum is coming down and he knows what's going to happen but he's still part of his mind thinks i can still get out of this but but you know he's he's not going to. so basically julian what stefan is saying is the right way to do it is no deaths Ah, uh, just just the tension. No, uh, uh, on the no. precipice, right? No, that's not what he means. He means show them about to die, right? Right. <laughs> they, they're about to come in touch with their own mortality. I, I think that that is such a. It's so funny to hear you say that because I, looking at your stuff, I notice that there is a tension in a lot of the pictures where. They're either about, you know, there there is that they're either about to just find out something bad, or they have just realized it. I love that the picture of the cleric, where he's, and I think we did use this for a banner, or maybe I copped it for something else at some point. But <laughs> pardon me, in a totally nonprofit way, obviously. But right, right. But Jeez, that whole that, where the cleric is looking in the book, and it says this. If you see this spiral, it means the world's ending, and outside his window is a spiral, and <laughs> and he's just turning to look out the window. He's got this look on his face, like, oh no, it's it's uh, it, you know, that's a great. I mean, that, but there are a lot of pictures like that, it, and there's some of the smaller pieces, but um. Was was that was that spiral picture? Was that from the GM gems? No, that's on. That's in the. Um, that's in the Gods of the Eternal Struggle page in the core book. I, I oh, was just I'm, okay. That's that's a new one. Then. Yeah. Uh, yeah. 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 Oh, I don't cool. know if it's. Oh, yeah, it might be new in the fourth printing. Yeah, that's true. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Because I was I, I was working I, on the, I'm confused because I was working on those two projects kind of at the same time. You can easily see these being panels in a comic book or something in terms of there's a dramatic moment in a story. Even if the rest of the panels aren't there, you can kind of see that it's ripped out of a, of a story. And you get a oh. – which I like the ambiguity of like we don't know who this guy is. We don't know how he came by that book. We don't know if he's happy to see the spiral – you know, his face <laughs> looks, is, you know, and I love the ambivalence in his face. Is he a power mad sorcerer? Is he completely, right, right. is he completely nuts? Or is he like saying, all this uh, chastity is over now. <laughs> right. I can die. <laughs> exactly. So, so, okay, second question, maybe slightly more serious. You know, in terms of the the story kind of uh, illusions in the work, do you, we're you talked about comic books a little bit and stuff. Do you were comics much of an influence, and if so, like what of those artists did you enjoy? Um, I really I read a lot of comic books up until I was in eighth grade, and I really liked like the the Buscema. Conan stories. Am I saying that right? Bushima. Yeah, but Basema, I believe. Basema. Thank you. Yeah. Um, yeah. And uh, of course, uh, everything by Jack Kirby. Um, mm. uh, the Eternals was one of my favorites. Um, oh yeah. But then I I kind of got turned off by superheroes, um, and I quit reading them, and then later I came back to them. But I still haven't come back to superheroes. Um, mm. Like Basema himself, I think was not a fan of the genre in many ways. You know, he he preferred doing Conan for that reason. I think, uh-huh. which he did for a long time. And of course, that's some of the great stuff. Yeah, yeah, I I I, I remember really liking that. Um, I really liked The Eternals by Kirby, and um, but you know there were there were. S- some things that like the um the superheroes in like the 
eighties and everything, they seemed really smart alecky. You know, they mm. were they were and I didn't want them to be more serious, but I you know, it just mm. there wasn't that they didn't they didn't take themselves seriously uh, enough. I I, I kind of felt like they were maybe they were breaking the fourth wall too much. Like you know, mm. like uh, that's fair. Spider Man was you know oh I, you know I'm a walking talking excedrin headache. You know like kind mm. of you know comment. You know like you're like okay it's funny but you know it's kind of like I feel like it was for my benefit. It wasn't really what he would say if he were in a fight. You know. This kind of, mm. But yeah, yeah. But I mean, those those are the concerns of a fourteen year old boy, um, maybe. <laughs> but the, but once once you leave comic book superhero land, it's it's kind of hard to go back. Hmm. Yeah, I wouldn't know, but I I hear what you're saying. Um, because you never left. No, I, yeah, I've certainly never <laughs> left. I'm still yes. And, and uh, you know, deep. I mean, most of my friends have never left. It's not a it's not a badge of shame. I'm just no, no. I'm just trying hey, to explain. No, no, I my totally process. get it. I, no, I get it. What's how? You've obviously done a ton of MCC stuff, and you're kind of uh, and and covers, and I mean, maybe is the the flagship artist or amongst them or something. I mean, you're you're all over that in a great way. What um. What? How do you approach MCC d- as far as DCC? Is it any different? Do you think about it differently? Um, you know, how, is there any difference at all, or is it like pretty much exactly the same? Well, um, it's not that different. But I mean, the one of the one of the challenges for it uh, is that early on, we I did some. I think this would be uh, pre. Uh, MCC stuff uh, for an adventure in one of the annuals for uh, Goodman Games, and hmm. and there there it was. Um, was that the Metamorphosis Alpha? Uh, the the Camelot. No, but that's oh, that was its own that's release. That's its own release. Uh, it, you know, I'm going to have to email you back. You'll have to <laughs> pull it out of the mailbag, um, uh, but but it was it was something of where I drew, you know, sort of these mutants with um, well, they had like armor made out of license plates and scrap metal and things like mm. that, and then Jim was like saying no. Uh, Jim Wampler was saying no. This isn't really you know where we're going with this. Um, we want it to look Neolithic. And then Joe came back and was like, no, no, we're going to, we're going to do this for now. And we're going to, when we finally get (laughs) to MCC, then it's going to be Neolithic. So it was kind of this transition. So it was like, okay, visually I have to think about this in a different way than I have so far, because I was just thinking of it in terms of my own, uh, gaming roots, which, you know, would have been things like Gamma World, where, uh, you know, everything was kind of Mad Max looking. And uh, hmm. and uh, that now, you know, we, we, we kind of had to make the technology look different than we expected. For me, the solution was to go, I kind of went back to like all my, my, uh, uh, ray pistols and laser guns and everything. I, I kind of made them look like they were like from the 1940s, like Buck mm. Rogers kind of. Yeah. With, oh, with nice. little fins and you know, yeah, yeah. stuff on them. Um, that was actually kind of interesting to try and do it a different way than I would have, if that makes any sense. I, I, I wanted to make it look different uh, in a way. I don't know if I'm up to completely creating the whole thing. Uh, so of course I had to go look for source material, but um, yeah, it was a lot of fun. Now I have a question that I've been dying to ask. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of artists like to say that they work with different mediums. You know, it's the difference between oils and watercolors, things like that. Uh, please tell me more about your mosaic work because, holy mother of God, some of that stuff is breathtaking. Well, <laughs> thank you. I haven't done any of it in years, so. 
So Aww. for for me to say my mosaic work is is right now, I I I'd like to do some more uh, because it's it's a kind of a different um, way of working, kind of a Zen thing, right? Yeah, 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 different headspace sort of. And I have I have been collecting bottles that I want to sort of mosaic them mm-hmm. uh, on the outside to make them into sort of. Uh, vases or something but i haven't been able to do i haven't been able to do any of that in a, in a while part of that is uh i'm just kind of busy and part of that is it really takes a lot of time um well yeah but my method for that is actually pretty simple in that i i kind of um i kind of just uh, start at one end and just start gluing the little tiles on i mean some mosaic artists make their own tiles. I do not. I buy mine from uh, a man in uh, Georgia, I think he is. Uh, I buy tiles through the mail, and then I glue them on things, and that's how you do it. <laughs> Those floor pieces and and the triptych were just, Yeah. Oh, thank you. Yeah, thank I, you. I, I, I'd buy that's, those if I that's could. That's awesome. We've got to put a link in the show notes for that. Uh, absolutely, I, I I found them through Stefan's blog. How about that? Cool. Yeah, I, th- I think there's a link on my on my web page. And if anyone out there isn't sure which pieces are Stefan's, you know, anyone who has backed a Kickstarter from Goodman Games has gotten the mailing labels. <laughs> That's right. Oh yeah, yeah. They are awesome. So before we move on to our next segment, I uh, just wanted to touch really quick on your charity pieces. Uh, I see that you have one that's currently going up for an auction for the art experience. Yes. Um, so we have that and the work you did on the X-Crawl Louisiana Flood Relief last year. Uh, is this like an annual thing that we can expect from you? Um, or is this still starting? <laughs> no, I, 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 I will do. I think the X crawl thing was something that I think Brendan asked me to do, um, uh, and you know, I mean, if if the cause is right and I have time, I'm I'm always happy to uh, contribute. Um, and then the art experience is something that. Uh, my uh, partner Annie has been involved in in a long time. It's a, a, a group that does arts education for both kids and adults um, in the Detroit area. They're, they're based in Pontiac, um, which is a, a community that, you know, really has uh, challenges, I guess, in terms of funding for um, uh, the schools and education. Uh, so, you know, they're doing good work and, uh, we like to support them. Um, we've been, we've been, Annie's involved in their, uh, she's a member of their board of directors and we've been friends with them for a long time. So I, I'm, I'm honored that they thought of me and, and wanted me to take part. Excellent. Um, guys, did you have any more queries for our guest? No, I, uh, not I. But just thank you, Stefan. It's great to have you here. You're such a huge uh, part of the game and evokes so much feeling and flavor of the game itself. It's really, uh, it's a lot of fun. And thank you for doing that. It, it's part of what makes DCC what it is. And MCC. Oh, yeah, the, the, the pleasure is mine. I'm having a great time. Yeah, I'm a big fan and it's been a real pleasure having you on the show. Oh, I look forward to seeing you guys again. Well, this is the part where we would move over to our uh, Dungeon Denizen segment. And over here, I thought it might be fun to have a redo, if you will, of the contest that my former co-host held back in 2015, wherein Doug Kovacs (laughs) drew a critter and they asked the fans to stat it. Sounds exciting. we would like to throw something up like that again with an illustration by Stefan Pogue. And we can open up submissions, say, through the middle of November, and we'll go through the the three of us judges and, well, uh, for lack of better words, 
judge them and announce the winner in December. Yay. Very fun. And speaking of Dungeon Denizens, I need to add another special note in here, guys. We need to offer major congrats to Marzio Mascareri on bringing home the 2017 Rodney Award Yay. for a DCC module. Well done. And especially, we here at Spellburn should take special pride in this win. Considering an email he sent to us back in, well, April 2015, where he states that Spellburn was instrumental in getting him into DCC and the Denizen Contest, which he won under the pen name of Marmax, inspired him to write again. So it is all coming full circle. So cool. So, yes, we are, That's amazing. We are extra, extra proud to have a, a spot in this, but... Dude, Marzio, spotlight is all yours, and we can't wait to see what the module is going to be. So, so in a way, it's it's my Rodney, right? Because um, you I know, think so. I mean, uh, you know, maybe I have been I, on I mean, Spellburn if, uh, and Spellburn and Marzio, so right. Don't well, don't I mean, think about it too hard. Just say. <laughs> And also it um, means that we're total star makers too. You know, submit something for this competition and you're going to skyrocket uh, to massive success and wealth and fame. Oh, oh yeah. Uh, set, our, set our goals low there. Come on. Yes. <laughs> wealth and fame, wealth and fame. I As mean, only I, an RPG game designer can really know. That's right. <laughs> Oh, man. So it'll be fun to see what Stefan ends up drawing for Marcio's adventure, too. Hey. Uh, speaking of which, I'm sorry, I'm going to insert a yes. plug here. There is a X-Crawl the Movie Indiegogo what? fund <laughs> page. <laughs> oh, oh, is that the one that Brendan like, co-wrote? Yes. I, I seem to recall seeing something about that. Um I, man, yes, you know, hats off to you guys. I, I look forward to seeing the end product over a big old tub of popcorn with all of our cheesy friends at the next Brinkmanomicon. Well, as of today, it is, you know, it's in its funding state. It has 21 days left. So uh, if this is, uh, so go there and check it out and, uh, you know, Put a little money on it, and let's make an X-Crawl movie. I think that would be hysterical and a lot of fun. Um, when I ran the game at North Texas, uh, Jesus body slammed a dragon. So that's the kind of stuff. <laughs> that's the kind of stuff that I want to see in my X-Crawl movie. Um, but I yeah, there we go. I'm looking forward to being hired as a consultant or something. Anyway. Um, <laughs> But anyway, go out there and fund it. Nice. Um, you, it you know, obviously, if you've had the good fortune to, uh, you know, play in a Brendan LaSalle game, uh, an X-Crawl game, or any game, you know the kind of energy and manic nuttiness and fun that's going to be in this thing. So um, make sure you do it. And also, since it's X-Crawl, it doesn't even need to be a feature-length film. It can end in a TPK 20 minutes into it. <laughs> <laughs> well, that. That might change the funding. Uh, <laughs> way to go, Jeff. <laughs> well, they could if they if they fund, they could make several movies. Yes. If they're only yes. twenty minutes long. <laughs> yes. Well, that, yeah, that's true, because the one team would, would return and defend the their title and Yeah, okay. Yeah, we, yeah, we got this. <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay, so X-Crawl, Dungeon Denizens, yeah, not necessarily two separate things. Um, yeah, I, I gosh, I, I think that might wrap it up for us for this episode. What do you guys think? I think so. Think we're doing good? All right. Well, you guys have a wonderful week or two till our next episode. And, you know, again, the band at spellburn.com. Send us your feedback. Uh, Give us re reviews on iTunes and <laughs> all of the contractual <laughs> obligations here. Yeah. Follow us on Twitter. Yes. Oh, yeah. There's that. Yeah. Uh, Stefan. StefanPogue.com. Yes. 
Yes? Yes. Anything else? And for those, and Stefan Pogue, for those listening, it's S-T-E-F-A-N-P-O-A-G. All one word. Good. Yeah. Well, we'll Good catch. And we'll, uh, we'll link plenty of that stuff in our uh, show notes, for sure, but uh, for sure his uh, site. Oh, thank you. All right. Any last words? Uh, Stefan, thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you for having me. It was, a, it was my pleasure. It was absolutely fantastic getting you. And uh, to our listeners, you know, thanks again for your unending support. Thanks, everyone. And game on. Have a good night, y'all. You've been listening to Spellberg. Copyright 2017. Theme song has been graciously provided by Glitter Wizard. Learn more at glitterwizard.bandcamp.com.